I'll play back the levels the way you set them. Say it on me. Hey, pussy, are you still there? Lee. I back. People are always saying about the talk, and I talk, and I talk, and I talk, but guess who can walk? I back it up. I back it up. That means it's time to roll, baby. You got nothing going on between your ears, buddy. Hey, John, do you think I'm just going to sit there and let you kill me, John? I mean, really. I think I could beat every girl in my division with one hand. That guy's such a dick. I mean, you show your true colors after a fight. That fucking guy comes up to me. You know who you are, huh? I don't have much left to say other than you have seen nothing yet. <laughs> Hope to God you come ready. Hi, I'm Michael Morgan, and welcome to this week's episode of the Wokecast. Joining me again this week is two of the hotly anticipated views from um, the world of Twitter. It's Kairos and Tisanga. How you doing, my man? Very well, thank you. How are you, Mike? I'm not bad, actually. I've learned a new skill. I can actually prune trees. Do you remember last week I said that I was going to be uh, going to be hacking? The tree in my garden and um yeah i i i'm quite impressed by my 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 my, my uh, tree doctory <laughs> i would say to come over and visit it but we are locked down for the foreseeable future so that is not gonna happen <laughs> how about yourself Carlos? what's going on i'm doing well i'm blessed and highly favored i'm glad you're learning new skills that's great you know something the, the plan for this week is i want to download um mpc um, 60. It's a music sequencing program which allows you to like sample and um, create beats. So that's what I'm going to be learning this week. But you know something? I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to come across all philosophical um, and uh, sagely. But um, am I the only one here who thinks that this has given us, or given me anyway, uh, um, a chance to reset, a chance to actually look at what's really important, a, a, a kind of chance to slow down and Smell the flowers ever so slightly. No, I I completely re- agree with you, and it's uh, it's kind of stripped us away not so much of our material possessions, but things that we don't necessarily need in our lives, like going out to the nightclub and going out to the pub and getting drunk. Do you know? Do you know if if you know what I mean? Yeah, it yeah. it makes you yeah. it makes it makes you realize what is the most important to you, your friends, and your core family and your core family and. Yeah, I, I think it's somewhat of a blessing in disguise. And as you said as well at the top of the show, you've learned a, a new skill from it, or and I'm sure many other people have learned new skills from it. So there will be some positives to this as well as uh, some of the obvious negatives. I mean, in terms of what you guys have picked up, in terms of what you guys are actually drawing from this whole quarantine stroke lockdown, um, stroke house arrest, I mean, what 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 have you guys been up to? What have you uh, what have you drawn from all of this? Um, well, I'm actually still, believe it or not, working. I mean, the the last the last t- uh, week or so, the topsy turvy week, two weeks, I, I must say, around around UFC 249 has actually kept me busy and kept me off furlough. But during the time off that I've had, I've just been improving on what little cardiovascular endurance I have by going out on runs and uh, actually improving my skipping as well because I'm trying to improve my uh, hand-eye coordination for when eventually I do go back to Thai boxing and my skipping is slowly but surely getting on point not quite like the double Dutch girls in America but by the end of this I'll be there (laughs) wow you're showing your age there man double Dutch I remember that (laughs) <laughs> Talking over 20 years ago, surely. Yeah, man, yeah. Wow, about yourself, Kairos? Oh, wow. This this has helped me a lot more. I've been going through a tough time, and usually I'm able to brush stuff off, but because like I've had this free time to get out of my head and go out and like exercise and do other things and learn other things, it's really helped me. Like I'm going to start working again next week. I just I usually do like freelance video stuff, and I'll do like 
delivering groceries and like a few other jobs but during this time i have to be careful about what i do obviously so but yeah this this has done wonders for me i'm very grateful and i am glad that i'm able to reset obviously i wish it was under better circumstances but i'm happy you know it's interesting you were talking about um earlier um just anger about being furloughed for my day job because woe tv woe cast and all the other um side issues which i'm dealing with their side passions but my day job i'm actually furloughed from my day job but what it's given me i mean i, I want to look at everything as an opportunity what it's given me it's given me a chance to kind of look at woe tv and how i can actually not necessarily improve but do things ever so slightly different so you may have seen um that i have got starting this week a cooking show basically it's uh, come down with mma where i'm inviting fighters i'm inviting managers i'm inviting fans of the sport to put together their signature dishes and uh, video the whole thing and um, that will be showcased that will be aired that will be well you'll be able to see this on twitter but also um, the wocast is going to be, um, how can I put it, a, a, well, a, a little bit more of a frequent fixture. Instead of just being once a week, I'm looking to go at the very least three times a week with this. So I'll be bringing like news views and interviews on an almost daily basis. But having a lot of the time I get people who have you know, rung me up and they've, they've, they've got a story for me. But, you know, obviously with permission, I'm going to be now putting these into a show format where we're going to have conversations, where we're going to have possible breaking news, where we're going to have breaking perspectives from um, athletes, managers and uh, those in the mixed martial arts industry. So it's given me a chance to, like I say, branch out. But, you know, speaking about being furloughed and speaking about, um, you know, mixed martial arts and the industry as a whole. Now, given that, you know, it does look as though this whole lockdown, this whole quarantine, this whole house arrest that we're all under, it does look like it's going to be expanded, especially um, now that, you know, we seem to be, um, well, for want of a better word, at the top of the curve. They're talking about flattening this curve, but we seem to be on the top of this curve. So it's way too early for things, obviously, to get back to normal. Um, It would seem that we are going to be um, in a prolonged period where, there is not going to be an awful lot to talk about in terms of mixed martial arts, in terms of the, the sport. And that means, surely, that MMA media is going to be on um, oh, a hiatus um, and, and possibly furloughed. I mean, just from your own perspectives, with the view that you know MMA media um, could possibly be furloughed and possibly laid off, how do you see this actually affecting the sport, if at all? Hmm. Well, speaking from my perspective, I'm 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 luckily the the senior mixed martial arts reporter at the Daily Star and the Daily Express, so they, they essentially they rely on me. <laughs> they rely on me uh, to to bring them their the extensive coverage. But elsewhere and other companies, I I'm pretty sure I saw the other day that Vox Media are laying off i i don't know if it's nine percent of their staff or something it's some arbitrary figure but they're laying they're laying off sorry they're furloughing some of their staff yeah and obviously uh mma fighting and i do believe bloody elbow, bloody elbow. Yeah. Yeah, are, are under the 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 vox media banner so one would assume that that could lead to a bit less coverage coming from from those sites 
if my if I was to hazard a guess, I'd probably say it'd be towards the latter because MMA fighting is arguably the the flagship uh, mixed martial arts news website along with MMA Junkie. Mm-hmm. But as you say, with the with a lack of things to report on. I mean, there's only there's only so many twists and turns you can report on in, with the UFC 249. Will will it happen? Will it won't happen? And there's only so many of Conor McGregor and Khabib Nurmagomedov's tweets that you can that you can write about before people get bored. So I can for I can foresee some some of my colleagues temporarily being furloughed. I hope that's the case. I hope that's uh, such such a thing is going on in the United States with with some uh, companies, but I'm not too familiar with that. But like I said, I can foresee uh, some MMA uh, media outlets scaling back their operations somewhat. So, I mean, from your perspective, Kairos, I mean, how long do you reckon it is until we start to see a lot of this emerging, especially in the States where, you know, there is a hub and that basically where people are doing this, um, well, almost on a full-time basis? Yeah, um, from my perspective, obviously, it doesn't mean that much because, you know, I'm not like, <laughs> I'm not even going to put weight on this opinion because, you know, I'm not in you guys' vicinity with this. But I think that we're in an interesting position right now as far as the media members are concerned because a lot of what uh, you guys create, typically, if it's written, people aren't typically reading because I don't understand why, but people just don't like reading print anymore. But mm. because we're deprived of the entertainment, they are forced to read, and a lot more stuff is under the microscope now. So I feel like <laughs> we're in a time now where we're starting to see value reemerge, but also it's sad because, as you just said, people are being laid off, though, as well. But, um... I think of the grand scheme of things, though, I, hopefully the trend of people being more critical in reading and actually not taking their information from secondary sources solely is going to um, continue to grow in MMA. But that is a far cry from what will probably actually happen. <laughs> I, I'm in agreement with you there. Unfortunately, people nowadays, I they, they, they prefer the visual. They prefer getting their news in, in a visual format and just reading words on the page that doesn't necessarily translate to them. You know, it's, it's interesting you talk about different mediums because you're right, people do like the digestible videos or the digestible um, audio. And I would have thought, given that, you know, many of these um, individuals, you know, on these media outlets might want to not necessarily branch out on their own, like, you know, as a full-time um, gig, but start to do, you know, this is a passion for many of them, to start to do their own podcast their own like video content so for me i kind of like see it as an opportunity for many of these individuals okay they won't be getting um the big bucks because obviously being furloughed your what 80 percent of your salary is actually coming to you as opposed to obviously 100 percent of it but you know it does actually keep your um your skills sharpened it enables you to keep in 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 tune with the audience which is out there and it is a captive audience given that there isn't actually anything of note actually going down in terms of um, mixed martial arts events but we're going to get onto that but it just strikes me that this is more of an opportunity than a, than a threat no I, I i agree with you and even myself uh, today i was i actually i loaded up iMovie on my laptop for on my macbook mm. for the first time in I don't know. I I don't know how long because now that I'm indoors all this time, I've got the opportunity where I can I can use a FaceTime and I or I can use Skype and then I can create and create and create video content that way and then play about with it. I've got I've got the time to do that. Whereas before, if I'm just working strictly in the office, I don't necessarily have that time. But as you say, this time 
it's a time to obviously reflect on what we have but it's also a time to to grow and further new skills and test the waters and that's something that i intend to do myself to try and branch out and become become more more present on camera not for myself but just just so i feel that maybe i can connect with my audience uh, a bit better but i don't know if i'll be going on camera anytime <laughs> soon because i've got i've got quarantine trim at this moment wow. in time I can't, <laughs> I can't i can't be like my hair is long my my beard is a mess yeah i, I can't be doing that soon but as you say i'm i'm gonna start that yeah as you I'm, I'm gonna start going on camera soon eventually and putting out more videos nice because as I mentioned, you know, there are like, you know, no shortage of opinions out there. I mean, speaking of opinions, I think it's kind of a nice segue into what's actually um, on our minds right now. What what are the burning issues that we want to actually bring to the table this week? Who wants to kick things off? Uh, Kairos, I'll let, I'll let you <laughs> kick off. Okay, all right. I, was, I just wanted to be patient. Uh, um, a little while back, we saw that Trent Reinsworth wrote a piece on Bloody Elbow, um, basically stating... Not stating, but insinuating, if not, you know, a little bit nudging towards Dana White needing to stand down from his position in the UFC and maybe someone else coming to the forefront and the fold mm. as the head of the UFC. I believe he mentioned it, it was like um, DC and like Chael, I believe, were like two people and people were livid. They were so upset. I, I, I saw people saying, well, why don't we call for your job? Anybody can like, it got really petty, incredibly fast. I was, I was appalled. I was like, I didn't know you guys actually read this much. And I was reading through the comments and most of the people did not read the article. A lot of them just took what was, took what other people said and just kept adding fuel to the fire. Mind you, I didn't like what he wrote, though. I read the article, but like, I think that a lot of people, um, they they took him to the woodshed with that beating, and I, and that goes back to us <laughs> saying like, what you write is going to be under the microscope, and I I don't feel bad for him. Well, you know, there does seem to be a theme with with Trent. I don't know what has actually happened between him and Dana. It may be a credentials thing. It may be because I read, um, I think it was about two three weeks ago that you know he was having issues with his credentials being revoked now when you're working for an outlet uh, I think it was Forbes he was working for at the time and your credentials are, are, are revoked well you're no good to that outlet I mean let's just you know call facts as they are so there may be an issue there there may be some bad blood because um, from where where I stand and from what I understand at the moment he's no longer working for Forbes he's working with bloody elbow but as well as that there does seem to be this constant um I wouldn't say animosity, but there does seem to be um, almost like he has a bee in his bonnet about the UFC. And, and obviously, you know, notwithstanding what's actually happening with their drive to actually um, push events forward and to crack on, um, regardless of whether we're uh, in a pandemic or not. But I, I think it may be that every single article that uh, seems to come, which is penned by Trent, it has a quote-unquote, well, for want of a better word, negative spin on the UFC. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you with you on that, Mike. It, I, I'm trying to make light of the situation. It's almost as if Dana White stole his girl or something, <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> like, sorry, I went, I went there. I, I, sh- I shouldn't say that about a, a, fe- a, fellow, a fellow media member, but it, it sometimes, it's like you say, most of the articles that I see written by Trent, they are they're highlighting the UFC in a negative way. 
and so- sometimes they're they're completely valid like the 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 article about he wrote about conor mcgregor in the build up to ufc yeah. 249 and i don't know legally if we can talk about what is in this this impending case or if it's impending or whatever but i think we, everybody like listening everybody to this knows, knows yeah. what we're talking about yeah, I think everybody knows what uh, we're talking about. And the amount of flack that he got, and I'm, I still see a lot of people to this day, even when he just tweets, they, they, they comment out about it. The amount of uh, people that give him flack for that, I, I, I think it's wholly wrong. He was completely with it, well within his rights to write that piece, given, well, yeah, g- given the, the magnitude of the, the allegations that are out there, just like the journalist who at the uh, 246 press conference was completely right to ask that question but then he he got booed at, well he didn't leave the 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 where the the theater at the park theater or whatever it was but he was essentially almost booed mm-hmm. out of there but with Trent it just it it does seem that it's it's just very very negative and I like most of the opinion pieces and I don't know maybe he's He's become known as this negative basher of the UFC, so Bloody Elbow want him to write this stuff. I I don't know, but as as you said there, it I I seldom see any pieces praising the UFC or praising fires. But then again, we're not we're we're not the uh, the branch. Well, we're not PR. We're not the PR branch of the UFC. That's not our jobs. Our jobs isn't isn't to to hail them all the time. We have to be well we have to call things which, down which i'm middle. glad you you, you kind of like um grabbed onto what i was um what's the word i'm, I'm grasping for what I, what I was putting out there in terms of devil's advocacy because that's ex- exactly the point which i'm glad we're, we're on to now and that is whilst trent may have a particular strain of writing it's from his perspective and it's his passion that he's actually putting um, on the page there. But as well as that, just to underline the point, which we seem to talk about week in, week out, we aren't here to provide PR for the UFC. So, you know, if people are going to get up in arms because he's calling for, you know, maybe UFC uh, President Danny White to stand down, then, you know, treat it as what it is. First of all, read the article. But secondly, it's his opinion. And I love opinions which differ from mine. And um, that's why I love reading Trent's pieces. Now, from your perspective, Kairos, I mean, okay, you you, you brought this to the table. Um, Is he right in actually putting those um, people forward, though, in terms of Chel Sonnen and um, who was the other one? Um, uh, DC. Uh, at this current time and junction, absolutely not. And I think that his reputation has taken a TKO. And I mean TKO in the sense of it's just been an accumulation of damage to his name and to his brand because of the negative articles that are coming over and over. And it's like, okay, we understand that you have a job to do and maybe you are being objective. Maybe there's no malice in your heart. But the mm. fact of the matter is we don't see enough puff pieces in your, in your repertoire for us <laughs> to really think that you're out here trying to say what's best for the... Uh, sport and what's best for the company it doesn't seem that way and it's unfortunate because I'll be honest with you there's that the people will scrutinize everything you do unfairly just because you criticize someone and if you continue to criticize something 
they don't care what you say at a certain point. So let's say you have the most straight down the middle, objectively sound piece of work you could possibly make. It's the greatest article of all time. Let it say yeah. Trent and Ryan Smith on it, and people are going to throw it in the trash. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, it, wow. I don't make the rules. I didn't do it. This is what perception does. I promise you. I've seen it tons and tons of times on Twitter. I've seen it with people who talk who I'll give you an example. I'll use my I won't use another person. I'll use myself as an example. Mm-hmm. I will I will I will state stuff and I I embellish a lot. I'm not going to sit here and act like I am completely unbiased. I joke around and that's what leads to confusion. But typically if I say anything about John Jones, people will automatically re- look at it with a side eye. I talk about how great he is and like Kairos, we all know you're being sarcastic. Stop trying to egg on this. Da-da-da. Like that's what I'm saying. It could be genuine, but it doesn't matter because people have already made up their minds about you because you presented stuff in front of them that has dictated yeah. that. It's not fair, but it is what it is. But you, 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 you fooled me with that uh, with that mock tweet where the John Jones slid you at the end. That's what I was like. Whoa, we got to talk about that in the podcast. You had me there, and I was like, I, I was in the gym, and then I just double checked, and I was like, what? No way. It was, uh, yeah. Because no offense as well, that's the type of thing John would do. John would slide in in the DMs and what? Because I remember a couple couple years back, I think. He got into a, a back and forth with, uh, like, this is a throwback, former UFC lightweight. Does anyone remember yeah. Tyson Griffin? Yes. Yeah, he, he got in a back and forth with Tyson Griffin, and then he slid in his DMs, and he was basically saying, oh, who are you, blah, 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 blah. I'm worth $8 million, like, or some, mm-hmm. something like that mm-hmm. or whatever. But So that, when I saw that, <laughs> the, what turned out to be a mock uh, screenshot of a fake conversation, I thought, no way is this, is this guy got riled up by one of Kairos' videos and, and, t- and bitten there and bitten. But. but going back to what you were saying there about Trent, um, I, 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 it rankles with me that, you know, people feel as though it's a journalist's job to create puff pieces and, and in particular, balance. Like I say, this isn't about PR. It's about presenting the news. It's about factual reporting. That's why, you know, I, I do see what you know, people like Kareem Zidane and Trent uh, Ryan Smith are doing in that they are like, you know, your archetypal um, journalists in that they hunt out stories which are factual, which are intriguing, which, you know, and, and they do present it in a balanced way. And I, I feel, you know, to his credit, Trent does have a particular leaning in terms of stories, but it will always be put in a factual and uh, in, a, in a classic journalistic way. No, I, I, I agree with you. And I'm glad that you uh, mentioned Kareem's and that. I could read all of his stuff every single day. And although he, he does write, it's, well, I can't remember the last time he wrote a, a, a puff piece about, if, if you will, about the UFC, but he does give credit when credit is due. So, um, yeah, I've, I've lost my, 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 tra- my trailer thought there. But back as, as, as it pertains to, to Trent, he. He kind of seems to be entrenched in this stance towards the UFC that he's going to he's going to go yeah. in this direction and then and it's almost sometimes it almost feels as if he's waiting for the next for the next time for them the, the next time they drop the ball and then he can just go in on them which of course it, it, like of course it, if the UFC made a, a major fuck up I would do exactly mm. exactly the same but as I said it's it's almost as if 
he's doing the you know when when uh, Mr. Burns rubs his fingers together and goes excellent in in the Simpsons it's almost as if he's doing that when like Dana's doing something that he shouldn't or that he said something outrageous or Connor's done some sort of madness but but just to pick up on, on one last thing that you raised there um Kairos in terms of you know the names that he put forward um personally I would I would if it did actually come down to you know Dana been given his marching orders, which I highly doubt. I mean, when you look at metrics, when you look at audio metrics in terms of hits, when you look at um, visual metrics in terms of YouTube views, anything with Dana White in it does get exponential views. So not only is he popular in many people's eyes, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a personification of the UFC in terms of, you know, that's who, that, that's who people look to, to, um, well, represent the UFC so first of all I, I personally wouldn't want to see him go I think that would be a, a massive L for the company but you know I, I really do think in terms of who you know Trent has actually put forward as a possible replacement it'd definitely be I'd be I'd be on the side of like Chell taking over if we did actually get to that situation which like I say I doubt we will yeah I'm I'm in agreement with you I I don't think Dana White is going to be going anywhere anytime mm. soon like as you say like as, as Floyd Mayweather says so many times men lie women lie numbers mm. don't and if you look at the numbers that when Dana White does media scrums or in, in comparison to uh, I, I can't remember who the the UFC's head of uh, VP of international is he occasionally does the post-fight press conferences at UFC Dave Shaw that's his name so if you compare when he does a post-fight press conference in London to when Dana White mm. does one at, say, USV Nashville or whatever, it's, it's chalk and cheese. And as, as you say, said there before, Dana White is the face of the UFC. And he's worked 20-plus years to get, to get the sport to, on the cusp of being mainstream. And I say on the cusp of being mainstream because although it's on ESPN in in uh, in America, it's still not really one of the let's say big five sports, which is what they ultimately ultimately want. But in order to do that, they need the the casual fans need need a regular face who they can be, who they can look at and be like, oh, this guy is the president of the UFC. He's the or some some casual casuals that I've heard say, oh, he's the president of MMA or whatever. And when I heard that <laughs> in the shop, I was like, oh my god, I I, 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 I can't believe that. But as as I was saying, so especially with combat sports as well you need faces of promotion so you have bob aaron with uh, with top rank everybody knows who mm. he is you have eddie hearn over here who is the the face of british boxing essentially even though it barry hearn initially started matchroom boxing eddie hearn is just taking it onto a whole nother level you've got vince mcmahon with wwe everybody knows who vince mcmahon is at wwe so it'd be foolish for the ufc to to ever contemplate dana white leaving and i'm sure uh, when WMEIMG bought the company in 2016, they probably gave him a fat check to keep him here for like at least the oh, next definitely. decade. But going back, going back to the point of potentially who could su- succeed him, but uh, well, whilst whilst in theory Daniel Cormier would be a fantastic choice, I think it would be a fantastic choice just for us in the mixed martial arts bubble. 
you need like he's although DC is DC and he's, he's awesome. I don't think he's got the charisma to to sell fights to to the general public the way Dana White does. Not quite the way Dana White did in Toronto when he was announcing the notorious Conor McGregor and the Floyd Mayweather build up. But if you if, if you know going to bust. Yeah, oh man, he was going full Super Saiyan there. His blood vessels were coming out ev- everywhere. But <laughs> as yeah, as much as Daniel Cormier would be able to sell a fight to casual mixed martial arts fans and like us hardcores, I don't think he'd be able to to do that to the general public. Mm. I think Chael would be better suited to do that more so because he's got that kind of the, the heelish wrestler promotion thing down to a T. So if I was to choose out the two of them, I'd definitely go for Chael. We're not going to let you off the hook, Kairos. Who you got? <laughs> I got two people in mind. Um, number one, me. All right. And then number two. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> but I think you aren't giving DC enough credit, to be honest with you. I, I, I am The only problem that I can see with Daniel Cormier is if John Jones is headlining any event. That would be the one thing I'm just like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if Daniel can do it. I don't I don't think he got it in mm. him. Like, that would be the one thing I'd be like, all right, no. I think Daniel's incredibly exciting. I think he has oh, a, a personality that's just world above, like, a lot of people. And Chael's great, too. I'm not going to sit here and act like Chael isn't, too. But I don't know. Just with, I mean, I wouldn't be upset with either one of them, to be honest with you. But Chael and DC are definitely the two favorites, without doubt. But. Dana White shouldn't go anywhere. Like, let I don't want anyone thinking I'm saying that. I don't want my words being told. Kairos doesn't want Dana. Either. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that if he did have to leave, those are my two front runners. But I'm definitely putting DC over Chill. Yeah. And okay. speaking of huh? speaking of not go, speaking of not going anywhere, guys, it looks like at this moment in time, the UFC are still. <laughs> plowing ahead with plans to have UFC 249. I know you like that segue there, Mike. I know you like that. I love but... that. <laughs> I, I love the way... Uh, you know what? It sounded as though you were on top of a segue when you segued. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're, we're, we're divulging away from uh, the, the point at hand. Yeah. The UFC, they're pressing ahead with plans for UFC 249. Obviously, it was meant to have happened in the early hours of, well, today for us in the uk but last night in in america but now it looks like it's going to be happening at yet an another uh, unknown location on may 9th we don't know where the hell this is going to be it could be fight island it could be another casino like indian casino resort in in america what are your guys thoughts on the ufc's insistence to press ahead with a card in the midst of a global pandemic and also, what are your thoughts on this bumper card that we've potentially got on our hands in two weeks' time? Initially, I was of the mind that, no, hell no, we, are, what are we doing here? But if they can guarantee the safety of the fighters, if they can have a testing regime which is so robust, so watertight, so fit for purpose, then... I have less of an issue. Don't get me wrong. I'm not happy clappy. Oh, here we go again. And, um, you know, it's great that we've got some fights on. I'm not that bloodthirsty. But saying that, I have to say, I I, I marveled at two dogs fighting in the road yesterday because, (laughs) anyway, I digress. (laughs) (laughs) digress. But, but, But facts are facts. If they are bringing something to the table which protects fighters, 
which gives fighters an income with no blowback to them in terms of their health, then I'm okay with that. Plus, I have to say, in terms of the mouth-watering, mouth-watering offering that's on the table, I mean, we're talking three title fights. We're talking Ferguson versus Gaethje. I, I, I saw that um, Okamoto, Brett Okamoto, put in terms of um, the projected fight card for May 9th. Henry Cejudo and Dominic Cruz and Amanda Nunes and um, Felicia Spencer. Now, the fact is this, it does come with that caveat. As much as I want to see fights, it has to be with the utmost safety borne in mind. Kairos, what are your thoughts? Stuff to come after, listen. These people have lost their damn minds. Okay, here's my, here's the problem. Here's the problem. This, I would I would be I would be so supportive of this if it wasn't for the fact that one of the fighters in the main event just cut weight today. What is Tony doing? If if this fight happens in two yeah. weeks, this man has already cut weight once and he's about to bounce back and do it again. How is that healthy? How how is this man going to survive? He weighs close to two hundred pounds. I've seen pictures of him standing on the scale and it's say 200 pounds that he sent to Brett Okamoto like two or three years ago. So this man's not light. He's not naturally like a light, like light weighted man. So what, what is this guy doing? And you're going to go out there and face somebody in the middle of a, in the middle of a plague, basically, after you just deteriorate yourself twice in two weeks, bro, this is nuts. I'm not. I'm not saying I'm not going to watch it, but I'm just saying all you guys expecting Tony to come through this unscathed because he's just some wild, unpredictable man. I'm sad to tell you it's not looking good for him, and it's not looking good for a lot of these fighters fighting on this card because, one, they haven't been training with a full gym of people and bodies, so they might not be as prepared as they're usually prepared, and we might see a lot of Mm. fights that aren't as interesting or not as exciting to fans typically because they didn't have those things at their disposal. So this might be what we need. This might be something that we all see but there's a lot of people who might be disappointed at the finalized result of these fights that's it that's all you know i'm I'm glad you brought that up because with tony ferguson there is something rather unique about him in that you know in the past even though he doesn't want to discuss it he has um been affected and he's still living with mental health issues now you'll know yourself you know anybody who's ever cut weight anybody who's ever um, um adjusted their nutrition it does affect you mentally as well as physically so i like to keep saying i have to keep reinforcing if it can be done safely but you worry me there in that you've you, you've gently reminded me that look he's depleted himself to the point of near exhaustion and um obviously to uh, some kind of detriment to his body and you know who knows his mental health so why are we asking him to go through that again but like he keeps saying i'm going to ram this home if it can be done safely yeah going to the point of tony crazily cutting weight i was uh, I, I was quite wary about tweeting tweeting him being crazy uh-huh. and, and and whatever because i know he's, he's quite vocal about getting onto people who, who who insinuate that and yeah yeah and I, plus, I wouldn't want to bring it to the fore potentially if if he has potentially forgotten about it. I I, I don't know. I know he does follow me on Twitter. I'm not trying to act like a big man or whatever, but <laughs> name dropper. But, yeah, but no. But some I am I am being wary of that. But going back to the point of him cutting weight twice in the space of well, in the space of three weeks, like just just over three weeks. As Kyra said, yeah, I've, I remember. A couple of years ago, he sent through a photo of him weighing 200 pounds on the scale. Now, 
he, I think his cut this week, he was starting at 174 or so, it was, it was, it was something like that. I think the cut in, in total was, uh, was 26 pounds. Now, the thing is, is he going to rehydrate totally and regain all the glycogen in his muscles, like over the next two, uh, next, 10 or 11 days and start depleting himself again mm. like i know i know i think i think he wrestled in in college and i know wrestlers have to make weight pr- pretty much every week and they deplete themselves as well but let's not forget like i mean i'm by no means saying this is old or whatever but in terms of fighting tony's no longer like a spring chicken he's 36 so and <laughs> Like each with with each weight cut that you you do, you take a little something out of yourself, and it gets harder. Even just in general, for like a a general person trying to lose weight, as you get older, like well, I'm talking about my fat ass as well. I stepped on the scale the the other week, and now I've been trying to cut some pounds. And now that <laughs> I'm over thirty, I'm it, it's not as easy as as it used to be. So that's got to be factored into the fight, like the 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 outcome of the fight if it does go ahead. Now, as as I said last week. I'm shocked that the UFC are are just. I don't want to use the term boneheaded, but they're just they're throwing caution to the wind. They're just they're just going for it, and I admire Dana White's persistence in trying to deliver some sort of product for the for the entire world to consume. But I think we all know that's financially motivated. Like he's financially motivated to do that, and he's saying that he's oh yeah I want to take care of my fighters, which I I think he does to a certain extent. But mm. he knows he's going to be the only show in town, like the only real sports show in town. Like forget the WWE. That as much as I love that stuff when I was a kid, that that's that's not real. <laughs> so again, I'm just not comfortable with the idea of the the, the fights going on in, in the midst of a global pandemic, especially considering how easy it is to transmit this this thing and how quickly it can have devastating effect on people's families. Uh, hold on a sec then. Let, let me just pick up on one thing that you just said there. You're not comfortable with it happening in the middle of a global pandemic. And again, I'm actually playing devil's advocate here because to a certain extent, I see where you're coming from. But Let's just say this whole fight island um, idea where you take it to a place which is untainted. Let's just say, I, I say untainted, but, you know, I, I hear that Jeffrey Ep- Epstein's island is um, oh, for sale. Oh, don't go there. <laughs> don't go there. Oh, we're going with jokes like that now? Okay, all right, good. Uh, right. Don't go there. <laughs> but if you take it to a place where you don't have any um, issues with coronavirus does that kind of like um, entice you ever so slightly is it the fact that it could be taking place in Florida or, or, or anywhere in the United States where there is obviously this ongoing and pressing issue considering they are now a hotbed and um, in terms of the epicenter of, um, of the virus it does seem to be you know wreaking havoc there but if it were taken I'm not saying, you know, the, the next event will be on the island, but let's just say if we were looking at the island as an option, would that make it a little bit more palatable for you? Yes. Yes. Well, with with the caveat, well, the caveat being, the condition being, sorry, that it has to be the most stringent testing known, like, in, in sporting history to mm. make sure that these athletes are, are, are totally fine. And, I dare I say it, 
even if say one of one of the fighters say for instance uh greg hardy had had the coronavirus and he's made a full recovery i still wouldn't be happy with him competing because we don't know if say coronavirus cells live in your in your system for i i don't know like maybe a month or two months or whatever and then they're still they're still being able to they're still transmittable so Again, yes, I I do like the idea of the island. Yes, it's yes, it's very much Enter the Dragon, Bruce Lee, Mortal Kombat type shit. I really want, I, I'd love to see that. But <laughs> again, I just, I, <laughs> and I'm saying, I'm, as I'm saying this, as somebody who makes a living off of the sport, as of the bowls, the MMA bowl constantly rolling, yeah. I just can't get on board with it. No, I, I definitely hear where you're coming from. Like I said, I was just playing devil's advocate, which, you know, in terms of segues, is a neat point to um, bookend this with the next, I would say, pressing issue here. And that is Dana has actually raised how he's actually going to take things forward at a meeting with the fighters. It was a fighter call conference um, that they had uh, at the latter part of last week. I'm not sure if you guys heard about what actually went down in terms of what was on the agenda, what was on the table. Yeah, I saw I saw some of the some of the points, and I think I think Jim Edwards tweeted some of it today. Uh, one of the main points uh, that he said was International Fight Week in July is not it, you know, it's in doubt. So I'm a bit worried about that. But anyway, um, I, I what I do like one of the things that he said he said fighters who who had, had fights that were cancelled are essentially getting first dibs on the new shows, which which is good. And also, he also said that if anyone's struggling, please reach out and the UFC will endeavor to to help financially or in whatever capacity they can. So I... I, I, No, carry on. I I was about to say that there were like so many talking points which kind of like jumped off the page in terms of... Let me just quickly run down all of the headings, right? Because this is coming from um, MMA Junkie helpfully put together... Uh, they must have had, you know, somebody in attendance there who shared this with them. But um, he was talking about, well, his participation in Trump's coronavirus economics task task force, which kind of gives you an indication as to him being clued up and him being totally plugged in to what Trump's agenda is. And that is basically to get America um, not only great again, but back in the uh, economic uh, driving seat. But also... Um, He's meeting with Nevada's um, governor and, and again, being in the driver's seat, being clued up and being plugged into those people whose views matters. And what it basically um, one of the things which kind of like jumped off the page as well, that um, fighters don't have to fight if they don't feel safe. And that goes back to my point that I raised earlier about if they are able to put on these events safely then they should proceed. But that was quite an opener because apparently that was the thing that which he led with. Fighters don't have to fight if they don't feel safe. Yeah, that, 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 uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad Dana did... He, well, I hope he's, he, he kicked off the, 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 the fighter's call by saying you don't have to fight if, if you don't want to. But I can just see it now that say... Say Khabib, say say for instance, Khabib gets offered sixty million dollars to have a rematch with Khabib, uh, with Conor McGregor mm. or whatever, and 
he's like, oh, no, I'm still worried about the coronavirus. MMA fans are just going to be like, yeah, you're scared. You're scared of a virus, bro. It's not even ba- – it's, it's, it's not as bad as the flu. The flu kills more people. Like, you can, you can just almost foresee the – the, the the cesspool of the of, of the of the MMA f- fan base coming out and with that BS. Nah, did you have a chance, um, Kairos, to read any of the reports as to you know what was actually discussed and what was summed up there? No, not reading it. All I <clears throat> the only news I got about was people tweeting about it. Mm. Well, a- again, just to circle back to Fight Island, um, what one of the tidbits which actually came out was about Fight Island. And they're keeping this um, really, really secretive, which I think to a certain extent, I feel it hurts the PR for what could possibly be a panacea to a massive problem. If you're not being open, transparent and honest about whether you're going to have medical staff on hand and whether there is going to be a hospital within, you know, um, uh, well, driving or, or, or easily reachable, then how are you expecting the journalists who you forever hope will be your PR to help you out here? And that is, say something positive. I mean, that is a positive thing to actually talk about. So much has been put um, by the fact that a lot of what he's discussed isn't open, isn't transparent. Okay, he's being open and transparent possibly with the people who, to his mind, matter, and that is the fighters. But I feel if he had... Um, journos on side as in look I'm going to level with you this is what's actually happening Um, I think he might win more friends and um, I think he'd influence a few more people I yeah I'm I'm in agreement with you in that but I think there are probably only going to be a handful of like and by handful I probably mean that there's only probably only going to be two journalists who who get that information to begin with it's probably going to be John Morgan from MMA Junkie Mm. and Brett Okamoto from ESPN those are the only two that I can foresee getting that information Maybe Arnold Hawani, but he'll probably use his. It's yeah, I was about to say his dark magic to get it. That's that's selling the that's selling the man short. He's just he's a phenomenal journalist. He's very good at what Absolutely. he does. But he obviously has a source in the UFC, and I'm pretty sure I, I don't know if Dana's ra- figured out that source or 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 whatever. But um, how do you know it's Dana? Yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Plot twist. Uh, yeah, plot, uh, plot twist, yeah, and they're actually best friends and they text each other yeah. every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, finally, you know, I, I wouldn't mind, like, ending on um, what isn't uh, a positive note, but it's one which, you know, I do feel needs to be discussed. I'm not really a big, or I'm not a massive WWE fan, but one thing which was kind of like certain last week, they took the bull by the horns and took the bull by the horns quite early in that there were people who in terms of staff are now furloughed and the roster to a certain extent was cold now again they don't they look to me to be the, the bastion or the, the the guiding light when it comes to wwe and and names but kurt angle i do believe was one of the names which was actually cut from the roster and that to me was a big deal but it just shows you the maturity of a company who's basically seen that look this is where the land lies right now. We can't actually give these fighters fights. But not only that, we are hurting, we are hemorrhaging financially and we need to actually cut that off at the pass, as it were, and um, ensure our longevity. What I'm t- trying to actually get to is where do you guys see 
possible similarities to how the UFC could actually deal with the issues which undoubtedly mirror what the WWE are going through. And that is, you know, they are, to a certain extent, given that they recently had this dividend payout, which they generously gave of $300 they're now in a position where they are no longer or not in a position where they're actually um, receiving income. Now, they have a fairly hefty roster and I know Dana White has made it evident that he's been quite clear about not culling his staff. But in terms of the roster, fighters, do you think that we're going to get to a situation where, you know, they're not going to be able to honour those contracts in terms of offering people fights and giving people fights? So do you think we're going to get to a situation where we do see, you know, either fighters furloughed or where we see, you know, fighters culled? I, well, it, it, it's very difficult. It's, it's difficult to, to gauge because contractually the ufc are obliged to give fighters x amount of fights each year i uh, i remember dana white for like during the the nate diaz hiatus for three years he kept saying i keep giving him offering him fights i'm contractually obliged to do so but he mm. just keeps turning them down so i don't know how they'd be able to get out of this i don't know if there's an act of God clause in in the contracts because you can't foresee like nobody nobody foresaw anything like this anything like this coming. So I think the only way they potentially could do that like to to get people off the roster is to give them some sort of payoff. We'd be like, okay, you are going to make X amount of money in three fights. We'll give you maybe eighty percent of that, and like you, you, otherwise, you're just not going to fight. So that that could potentially be one way that they do it, but at the same time, I I don't know. And as for calling fighters, uh, they've been ruthless before. Like, yeah, didn't they? Correct me if I'm wrong, but did Elias Theodore? He got cut after a win, yes. did he not? Not yeah. To, yeah. If, if memory serves me right, he did. Yeah. Yes. So I mean, at, at the same time, they can just do whatever the hell they want. So. Uh, yeah, if if I was if I was a fighter in the UFC roster, not to try 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 strike fear into the hearts or whatever of them, but I'd be a tad worried. And especially when you when you hark back to recent comments that Dana White has has uh, has said, words to the effect of "I will help as many of you as I possibly can," not all of you, <laughs> as many of you as I possibly can. Now that's foreshadowing. If I ever heard foreshadowing, what do you reckon, Kairos? You're right. That's that's exactly how I take it. And what's scary about it is, th- think about it this way. When you think about the UFC, how many fighters do you think there are in the organization? I have no clue. But I heard someone say, and this number could possibly be a little bit inaccurate, or it could very much be true. But there are people who are saying that there is close to 50 to 70 people at lightweight. If that number is accurate, that means just in one division in the UFC you have almost a hundred people and you mean to tell me that you're going to be able to take care of multiple divisions it's like if you don't have a number Mm -hmm. next to your name I'm sorry you might you might be out of luck and also even if you do have a number next to your name you could be gone gone too we saw Liz Carmouche get fired while she was doing a press tour for veterans they got rid of like they oh man you but oh Mm -hmm. man it's it's a it's a cold world out there I don't know it's scary to think about and what's crazy also is we're in April, which means what? We've got like, um, I can't do math. Anyway, we got like half the year left to have events and a whole yeah. list of fighters to get on those cards. And I'm sure there's a lot of people 
who are going to be clamoring for those spots. So I don't know if you're going to have these people able to have multiple fights in a year. That's very true. And I don't know if you saw, um, Mike, that Graham Boylan did a, an interview with uh, with Pete Carroll. Uh, over MMA fighting and he 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 raised a very valid point he was like once this is all over and once the ball gets rolling Mm. all the fighters in the UFC roster are gonna be ready to go or at least 90% of them how are you gonna match everybody up it yeah well you're not gonna be able to you're not you're not not gonna be able to yeah and, mm. and yeah. that, that kind of like underlines the point which I was making in that you know they are in a situation now where you know (laughs) The future isn't looking too good if you're a uh, UFC athlete with uh, several losses um, in your recent fight repertoire. Yeah, well, you, you you better start doing some viral stuff or whatever or get naked like Paige Van Zandt to try to save your ass. But because, <laughs> because <laughs> that's, what wow. might, that's what it might come down to, man. You might see some, some lower-level fighters who are outside the rankings doing some crazy stuff with their other halves to try try make make themselves uh, indispensable yeah i tell you who is is uh looking at this probably with gleeful eyes and that would be bellator's matchmakers i mean there's going to be some uh, talent hanging around uh, just looking to be snapped up that's true and the shout out to the bad man matchmaker that is mr jude samuel and i Indeed. know yeah. <laughs> he'd, he'd be able to make some fire matchups with whoever the UFC decides to get rid of if they do decide to go down that route. And anyway, when Bellator get back up and running anyway, he's going to produce that. He's going to come with that heat. So I look forward to that as well. Indeed. Well, that about wraps up this episode of the Wocast. As usual, you can continue all of the points in terms of discussion, in terms of debate, in terms of giving your opinion via Twitter. I'm at Mike TV. And I'm at Chisanga Malaya talking in case you people have forgotten me after nearly 53 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just uh, Chisanga underscore Malata on Twitter and IG. I don't have TikTok because I'm over the age of 30 and I have a life. Oh, oh. <laughs> Happy birthday, by the way, again. Uh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And yes, I, as I said to you, Mike, God doesn't allow me to have good sporting things on my birthday. Every time Arsenal play on my birthday or the day after or the day before, they always lose. And as soon as I saw Tony and Khabib get announced for April 18th, I knew it wasn't going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Kairos, where can people get you? Uh, you can hit me at Kairos MMA, basically at every single social media. It is not mixed martial arts. Once again, it is multimedia account. Happy birthday, my man. I did not know. And that is it. (laughs) Thank you for the belated birthday wishes. I appreciate it. (laughs) Until next time, make some trouble.
Stop!